my name is Pastor Jody, Jody Van Ree. I'm the senior pastor here at The Adventure. And today I have what I hope is a very encouraging message for you. Um, today we're going to talk about how to live that spirit-filled life. How to live in a way that you are fulfilled and that you, are, you overflow with the good things of the Lord. So this morning, um, just want to ask if you would just join with me. And, you know, if, if, you, if it's not too weird, maybe just hold your hands out like this as a symbol that you want to learn and you want to grow and you want to be transformed in the presence of God. So, Father, we come before you and we thank you for your spirit. Jesus, we thank you so much that you sent us your Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us into all truth and to comfort us and to direct us and to show us all things, to teach us all things, Lord. We, we commit ourselves to you this morning. Transform us, Lord. Renew our minds so that we can clearly know who you are and how you view us and what you created us for and to be. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you would open in your Bible, uh, chapter uh, in Ephesians. Ephesians is in the New Testament. And we're going to start in chapter 5. This, this particular passage is jam-packed. So we are going to try to break it down as much as we can. Um, this particular section in Ephesians. Now, Ephesians is a really great book. And I, just, I gave the first service a reading assignment. So I'd like to, to ask if you guys, if I could give you a reading assignment also, to read through this week at some point. I'm in grad school, so I'm all about reading copious amounts of, of things. I just want to ask if you would join with me and read through the book of Ephesians. It's only six chapters long, so you could take a day off even. <laughs> but if you just read one chapter a day, and just maybe read it over and over so that you can kind of grasp more of the depth of what's in it. Anyway, let's start. Ephesians chapter 5, starting with verse 15. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus. So you can see this is packed. This has a lot of stuff in it. So I'm going to try to hit on each of the different sections and kind of explain what it means. I like to read um, a lot of different translations of the Bible, not because they're, they're um, different in their meaning, but because the original Greek language is so complex that like there will be one word and it, and it has like all kinds of different nuances and different types of um, expressions of the same term. So it depends on, you know, which translation you read. I'm actually reading today out of, it's called the New Living Translation. So it's, it's a very readable translation, but there are some of the words that I really want to go in, I want to delve into and explain it. So starting with the first section, which I want to call Be Careful. All right, so uh, chapter 15 says, so be careful 
how you live. Now, the King James Version says you should walk with what's called circumspectly. Circum means around and spect means to see. And it's saying what you should do is be very cautious, as if you were on a, a tightrope and you were walking. It's saying to be really careful, to know what's going on, to understand your surroundings. And I mean, you think about it, you think about walking on a tightrope, you would be pretty darn focused, wouldn't you? You're on a tightrope, you're not just going to be like, hey, what's going on? You know, because you fall to your death at Niagara Falls or something. For some of you, maybe this analogy works better. Let's imagine you're walking through a cow pasture. <clears throat> okay? If you're walking through a cow pasture, you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to miss that one. You're walking like this, and you're just being, you're being careful so that you don't take home any of the stank that's found therein. Okay? You understand what I'm saying, what, where I'm going with this. Some of you... And I'm not trying to get down on you, but some of you are just like, <laughs> right, guys? Right, kids? Yeah. I knew the little boys in the front row would like that. But you're walking around. You're just stepping in all kinds of stuff. You don't care? Okay, they don't care. Okay, security. <laughs> but, but we walk around and we're not thinking about what we're stepping in. And that's what this verse is saying. It's saying, be really careful. Understand what you're getting yourself into. Be thoughtful about it. It's, it says, be careful. Don't live like fools. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 14, 1, it says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. So this is saying, don't live like godless people. Don't live like people who don't believe that, that we are subject to our master and our king, but also our friend. Jesus is described by all of those different terms. You know, he is the creator of the heavens and the earth, but he also, it says, he also calls us his friends, so he cares about what we step in. He cares about where we walk. He wants to minister his life to us. And so he's saying, please, be careful. Don't live like godless people. Don't live like people who are foolish, but rather live with people who are wise. You know, the Bible says that whoever walks with the wise grows wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. Anybody else have fools that they walked with and they suffered harm as a result of it? I can tell you, it is a miracle I didn't end up in jail. <laughs> there were times where I was with people and, and sometimes I was the person that was the fool. I was the one that was making the suggestions that we do things. But it says that if you walk with people that are wise, you'll become wiser. But if you walk with fools, you're going to suffer harm. It says in Ephesians 4.30, it says, don't bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. The Holy Spirit is not just like this separate, like cold, unpersonable entity. The Holy Spirit actually has a personality. And you can actually, it says you can actually bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit by the way you live. Not because God's a killjoy. Not because God doesn't want you to enjoy your life, but because God knows that there, is, there are things that bring life and there are things that bring death. And anything that brings death is usually sin. 
I mean, unless, you know, you're just dying for like, of health reasons, <laughs> that's not necessarily sin, but most things lead us to death, sinful things. But those things that bring us life are the ones that God wants us to choose because he loves us. It's because he cares about us. And this is why he wants us to be careful. So don't bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. But remember, he has identified you as his own. Isn't that such an encouraging verse? It's like, he's like, I mean, can you imagine like the picture of Bo with Aubrey? Just like, that's my girl. That's my baby girl. That's how God looks at you. He identifies you as his own. And he is so madly in love with you. He doesn't see you the way you see yourself. He sees you as perfect in Christ. If you have come to know him, if you claim the name of Jesus as your savior, it says when he looks at you, it, it, he looks at you as if you had never sinned. That's what the forgiveness is all about. And it says, and he, is, he has put his name on you. He's claiming you as his own. Can you imagine? The king of the universe calls you by name. And he's looking at you going, that's my son. Or that's my daughter right there. Isn't that so awesome? And he wants to hold you by close and he wants to just bless you. Just like a, a new parent. You think about the, what a new parent wants to do for their kids. It's like, I'm never going to let them do anything that's going to ever hurt them. They're never eating sugar, right? <laughs> right? Or I'm, I'm never going to let them go out of the house without a helmet on or, you know, whatever it is. New parents want what's best for their kids. And that's how the Lord looks at us. He wants what's best. So he's saying, don't bring sorrow to his heart. He's identified you as his own, guaranteed that you will be saved on the day of redemption. There are only two days mentioned in the Bible, this day, which is today, and that day, which is the day of redemption. This is the last day. Um, it says, be alert, Ephesians 5.16. It says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. The NIV version says, make the most of every opportunity for these days are evil. The King James says, redeeming the time because these days are evil. What that means is don't waste time doing things that don't matter. I have so much regret for how much time I have wasted in my life doing just things that just don't matter. And, and let me just say this. So I've had three near-death experiences, and five years ago, my husband unexpectedly died. So you are not guaranteed tomorrow. I can tell you that beyond a shadow of a doubt. You are not guaranteed tomorrow. Today is very likely for some people, it could be your very last day on earth. I hope not, but it could be. So why not live as though this were your last day on earth? Do things that are significant. I, I love to tell the story of this woman named um, Mrs. Pritchard. She spoke at a ladies' retreat, and she said, I want to I live every day 
as if this was the last day I was going to be on earth. I want to do the things. Because she asked us, she said, she said, if you knew this was the last day you were going to be on earth, what would you do? And so everybody's thinking, and she's like, that's what you should do today. So if you have bitterness against someone, if you have unforgiveness, if you have a, rec a reconciliation that needs to take place, if you have anything that you're putting off, do it today. Make the most of every opportunity. You know, yesterday, um, my daughter and I went into this coffee shop, and um, we walked in, and there was a guy sitting at the table right as we walked in. He was surrounded by books. He looked like he'd been there a while. And we walked in, and he was like, hi. And, and we were like, hi, how are you? And then we just walked right on up and got our coffee. And, and then as we were standing there waiting for it, this other, these other two uh, young men come in, and one of them immediately starts sharing Jesus with this guy. Immediately, he's like, have you ever read the Bible? He goes, and he starts sharing this. And I was like, man, I missed the opportunity. I mean, this guy, he was just, and by the end of their conversation, he found out that this man had cancer. He had just been diagnosed with cancer. They, they, they put their hands on him and prayed over him. And it was like this precious thing. And I'm just thinking, man, I was just more concerned about getting my lavender latte. <laughs> you know, I missed the opportunity. This is saying, be alert. Be alert and pay attention. Look for opportunities to bless people. Look for opportunities to help people. You know, most of the time we think nice things about people, but we rarely say them. Isn't that true? Start saying it. Yeah, it's a little awkward. It could be a little awkward. But if you think something nice about someone, just say it. You don't know the impact that it could have. I had a guy in, in our church in California, and we were like a mobile church, so we had to set up every Sunday. And his name was Ron. And one time, I, just, I was on the worship team, and one time I just walked by, and Ron's like, you know, setting up the chairs. And I just went, you know what, Ron, thank you so much for doing this every Sunday. He came back to me 15 years later, and he was like, you will never know how much that meant that you acknowledged what I was doing. He said, of course, I was doing it unto the Lord. He goes, but man, that just like put wind in my sails. We just don't know how much life we can bring to people. So make the most of every opportunity because these days are evil. This is the redeeming the time part. My pastor, um, his name is Stuart A. Nice. So I always say, if you just move the comma, Stuart a nice, comma, pastor. I always say, you could move it to Stuart, comma, a nice pastor. <laughs> but he always says, you have a choice. You can either spend your time or you can invest your time. Just like you can either spend your money or you can invest your money. With your time, you can invest your time. You can do things that are significant, things that are eternal. You know, there's only two things that are eternal. What are they? Anybody know? Class, God's word, it says the word of the Lord will last forever, and God's people. So you should spend your time investing God's word into God's people. That's something that's significant. That's something that's eternal. Doing the things that Jesus did, imitating Christ. Be, it, it, earlier on in this chapter, it says be imitators of God. We should imitate the way he is toward us. It says here, 
Um, redeeming the time for the days are evil. Does, can anybody admit that these are some evil days? But think about when this passage was written, it's over 2,000 years ago. Those days were evil. So what can we learn from this? All the days are evil, right? There's going to be wickedness upon the earth. People are selfish. People are going to choose violence. People are going to choose their own way. But we are called to be a light in the darkness. Amen? It says in 1 John 2, 6, it says, Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Remember how Jesus lived? It says, it says that even Jesus, being himself God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but rather he took on human form and became a servant. And it says, each of you should look out not only for your own interests, but also for the interests of others, considering others better than yourselves. That's how Jesus lived. And let me just tell you this. You can't do this apart from the Holy Spirit. I mean, you might be able to get away with it for a little while, but pretty soon you're going to be like, ah, I'm sick of being nice. I have my little mug here to remind me. It says, be kind today. <laughs> Just get through the day. But, you know, Jesus was always looking to meet the needs of others. It says that he went about from the cities and the villages with compassion. He looked upon them as though they were distressed and rejected and abandoned and stressed out. It says, and Jesus looked for ways to, to be able to bring life to them and freedom and healing and that's what he wants us to do. But we cannot do it apart from the Holy Spirit. We have got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And because he, he commands it in this passage, that means it's possible. We can be filled with the Holy Spirit. We should also be thoughtful. So be careful, be alert, and be thoughtful. Verse 17 says, don't act thoughtlessly but understand what the Lord wants you to do. This is basically saying, don't, don't just be thinking about things that are ridiculous or things that are just not significant. It says, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. It says in Romans 12 too, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. This is where it all starts, by the way you think. That's what leads to our behaviors. That's what leads to our actions. It leads to our, our thoughts. It's, it all starts here. And it says actually that you can take your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I like to say good, acceptable, and perfect because it's gap. Good, acceptable, and perfect. God, that's God's will for you. It's good, it's acceptable or pleasing, and it's perfect. You know, when it talks about here, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, I, you know, I just, I think about some of the things we watch, some of the movies. Okay, ladies, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit on chick flicks for a minute here. Okay? I mean, I like a good chick flick, a rom-com, whatever you call it. But you think about it. What is the plot of every chick flick, every rom-com? Usually she's involved with some loser husband who is 
clearly not good enough for her. He's not nice. He doesn't pay attention to her. He's too busy working, whatever. So then along comes this hot stud who's just so kind and so thoughtful and so loving and so just willing to lay down his life for her. Am I right? Am I nailing it? Yeah? Is this every rom-com? And, and by the end of the rom-com, you're like pulling for those two to get together. And it's like, what? Why would you do that? She's married. The Bible has a word for that. It's called adultery. I mean, we call it an affair, but it's adultery. You're, you're stepping out. You're, you're committing a sin against the person you're married to. But here we are going, oh, I hope they get together. He's so cute. He's so nice. Yes, until six months into it, and then he becomes who he really is, right? I mean, you, the only way that we can ch be changed, the only way that we can really be like this is to be filled with the Holy Spirit and not to follow the patterns of this world. I mean, how many times have you been watching a movie and all of a sudden you're like, wow, this is jacked up? <laughs> you're like, why am I cheering for those guys? You know, those are the patterns of this world. It says, but let God change you. Let him transform you. Did I offend you? I'm so sorry. <laughs> the next thing is be filled. He tells us be filled. Okay, now this part I know. See, it's my goal every week to try to offend at least as many people as I possibly can. <laughs> so this is the part today. Don't be drunk with wine, because that'll ruin your life. Actually, it says that is dissipation. Now let's get real. Can we really have real conversation here? Thank you. <laughs> the Bible never says don't drink. All you religious people are like, oh, what? Is the pastor advocating alcohol? I'm saying the Bible doesn't say don't drink. But what does this say? Don't be drunk. Don't be under the influence. Okay? Don't be under the influence. And some of you, you can have a glass of wine with dinner, and you're fine. Not you guys. <laughs> <laughs> some of you can get away with it and you're fine because you know that you're done after one one and done but some of you you're like well I'll quit tomorrow it's only I only got three it's only been four I can hold I can hold my liquor I used to never mind I won't go there <laughs> Don't be drunk with wine. So for some of you, this is saying you can't even get started on one. It's not a religious thing. It's saying if you start on this path, you're going to go down to a path that's going to lead you to destruction. If this is the thing, it's, it's like, let me just say it this way. You can have a glass of wine with your dinner or a beer when you're watching the football game or, or whatever, but if it starts to be something you need to have, you need to have a glass of wine or 10, you need to have beer, you need your painkillers, you need whatever it is, then it becomes your master. 
And that's what this is saying. Don't be mastered by anything else except the Lord, except the Holy Spirit. And that's why it, so many like religious legalistic churches are like, you better not drink. You drink, you're going to go to hell. <laughs> I apologize to all the Southerners. <laughs> but it doesn't say that. It says, don't be drunk with wine. It actually says in Timothy, this really annoys the really religious people. It says, have a little wine for your stomach. Now, some of you are like, oh, is that an upset stomach? I think I need a glass of wine. No. <laughs> but don't be controlled by something, because this is saying this could lead to your destruction. And how many of us have seen the people on Skid Row? Right? They didn't start out just having a glass of wine with dinner and quitting there. It just it escalates. It can lead to what's called dissipation. It can lead to the end of, of your life. It could actually lead to death and to the death of your family, the death of maybe you lose a job. So that's, that's why this warning is in here. It's not so, it's, God is not a killjoy. Let me just say that. He is a God of joy. But if it has to be an artificial joy in order for you to be able to function, then you might be one of those people that it's, you're just like, nope, I can't. My brother made the choice. Um, he was like a raging alcoholic. He was in a, in a heavy metal band, and he just, he woke up at the end, and he said, that's it, I'm done. And he hasn't had a drink in 30-some years. Because he knows if he had one, boom, he'd be right down that path. So anyway, I will move on. It says, don't be drunk with wine. That'll ruin your life. It says, instead, be filled with what? The Holy Spirit. It says in Galatians 5.16, I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Let me explain what the Holy Spirit is for those of you who aren't sure. When Jesus prayed... For, for believers, when he prayed for those who belonged to him, way back, he prayed and he said, I will send you my spirit. I will, he says, I'm going away, but I'm going to send you my spirit. Now, who Jesus was, Jesus was God himself who took on the form of a human being and lived a perfect and sinless life. That's why he qualified to go to the cross for our sins because he had never sinned. So he paid the penalty for our sins. But when Jesus left, he said he was going to send us his Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to instruct us, to comfort us, to give us wisdom. That's what the Holy Spirit is. And that's what it's saying here. It says... Um, in Galatians 5.25, since we're living by the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, it says, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every area of our lives. Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every area of our lives. I just want to encourage you, be sensitive to the voice of the Lord. Be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. I know I've shared this story before, but, but this is so profound. Um, I was on a flight once to New York, and there were two men sitting in front of me, an older one and then a really young one, and they were um, uh, waiting for my filter to kick in. They were um, demonstrating PDA, 
public displays of affection. And the Holy Spirit, as soon as they started that, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart, just prompted my heart and said, I want you to tell that younger one that I love him. And I was like, Lord, you do all things well. Why don't you tell him? <laughs> and so I, so you know the flight to New York's a long flight. So I was wrestling the whole time. Should I do this? How weird, how awkward. And I said, so Lord, if I'm supposed to tell him that, can you please like have him standing off by himself with nobody around him? Because I'm thinking, <laughs> we're going to LaGuardia in New York. That's no chance of that. Sure enough, get down to baggage claim. He's off by himself, standing with his luggage around him, just standing all by himself. And I was like, oh, great. So I went over to him, and I was like, so, <clears throat> is this your first time in New York? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. So what's your name? Uh, David. I was like, I got nothing. <laughs> okay. And I was like, okay. Um, I know this is going to sound really weird, and I'm really sorry if this is awkward, but I just felt really prompted that I needed to tell you that God just absolutely loves you. And as soon as I told him, the tears just started streaming down his cheeks. And he said, you know what? He said, just last night, I was telling my friend that if God didn't reveal himself to me, I was going to take my own life. It's such a simple thing to speak a message of hope, to speak a word of encouragement, to speak something true of him. Because it says in John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. All I had to do was tell this guy that God loves him, and it opened up this whole opportunity. It was so amazing. It was so amazing. But there is, there is that prompting by the Holy Spirit. And you know, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm far from perfect and I do a lot of things wrong. But one thing I do right is I start every day inviting the Holy Spirit to fill me. I start every single day, I just say, Lord, just fill me with your Spirit. Fill me with your Spirit. Can you do that right now? Can you just say that to the Lord? Lord, fill me with your Spirit. You know, you can do it on your commute. I wouldn't close your eyes, but I actually had a friend who did that. She was praying one time, and she had her eyes closed, and she went through an intersection, got hit. So don't close your eyes, but offer yourself to the Lord as a living sacrifice. Just say, Lord, use me today. Speak through me. Speak to me. Fill me with your spirit. Be filled. Be worshipful. Verse 19, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. I don't, I don't have time to break this all down, but um, psalms are kind of like written poems. Hymns are like songs of praise or exaltation. They, they used to do that when people would come back from war. They would sing them hymns. But these are hymns unto God. And spiritual songs, these are pneumatico. These are songs that, are, that feed your spirit. They're spiritual songs. You know, there's certain music 
that I just simply cannot listen to because it takes me to a really dark place. You know, the Bible mentions music 879 times. Music is a big deal. And, and you know, there, you, you probably know too, there are certain songs as soon as you hear it, your memory comes back. You can smell the smells. You can see the sights. You, like you have that feeling. And sometimes it's, it's not healthy. It's not a good thing. You know, there's just certain music that y- you don't even really think about it, right? You're just like, oh, yeah, you sing this song in high school or whatever, and you're, you're like singing it at the top of your lungs. It was like, Beelzebub has a devil put aside for me, for me. And you're like, wait, I'm singing about Beelzebub. What? <laughs> I mean, I love that song. <laughs> we, we did that actually one night at the young adults party. We're all singing at the top of our lungs. I'm like, eh, maybe, maybe we shouldn't be singing about Beelzebub. But I mean, there are certain songs like that. I think who knows what's behind that, and I don't want to go into a big teaching on that. But music has a definite impact, does it not? I mean, I think that there's music that absolutely poisons us, and then there's music that absolutely uplifts us. And then I think there's music that's just kind of like in between, you know, right? Just entertainment. But there is some music, and you can sense there's like a dark spirit behind it, a spirit of violence, spirit of lust, the spirit of greed, you know? When I wake up in the morning, I count my money, I'm so wavy. Okay, anyway, that is not worshipful. I mean, okay, there was this woman in my hometown, um, not my hometown, right after I became a Christian, she's this 82-year-old um, woman who had this ministry called the Joy Ministries, Jesus, Others, Yourself. And she made, she lived in a trailer park and she made these boxes that they would send out to the prison and then they would share the love of Jesus with them. And I, she mentored me. And her story is that she was a professional singer and um, she developed vocal nodes, which is like calluses on your vocal cords. Singers get that sometimes. And she went in for surgery and they nicked her vocal cords so she could only talk like this. She went from being a professional singer to someone who couldn't even speak. But when that woman worshipped, she whistled at the top of her lungs. It was like, you turn around and look like, and then you just see her, she's like beaming. She had music in her heart. She always had a song in her heart, a song that was uplifting, a song that that encouraged her. Ephesians 4.31 says, Get rid of all bitterness, all rage, all anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind. Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. That's a lot of forgiveness. That's a lot of forgiveness. God sent Jesus to go to the cross so that we could be 100% forgiven for everything we've ever done in the past, whatever we're going to do in the future, everything. It's all covered by the sacrifice that Jesus Christ offered on the cross. And it's saying in the same way, He offered you that forgiveness. 
you need to extend the same to other people. You're like, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what they did to me. No, I don't. And I know there's trauma. I understand that. There's devastation. I understand that. But like they say, unforgiveness is like you drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Bitterness just poisons us. It's a matter of taking that person off of your hook, putting them on God's hook, and let God deal with them. But you walk free. Because as long as you have bitterness with someone, you're still bound to them because you're still thinking about them. You're rehearsing it in your mind. You're going over it in your mind. Oh, did you think what they did to me? Be free of that. Forgive them. This doesn't justify that what they did was okay. It doesn't say that what they did doesn't need to be recompensed. But let God be the judge. Let God be the one so you can be free. Forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And the last thing, and certainly not the least thing, is be grateful. Be grateful. Verse 20, give thanks for some of the things that go your way that you, is that what it says? Give thanks for things when it's good, right? Give thanks for, uh, hmm, everything, give thanks for everything, I mean, I remember the first time right after my husband passed away, the first time I was able to actually give thanks. I mean, I know that sounds weird, but I actually was able to say, Lord, you know what? He's with you. I know he's with you. And as painful as this is, Lord, I'm so grateful to have been married to him for 28 years. Lord, I'm so grateful for the impact he's had. Thank you, Lord. I was able to give the Lord thanks because I trust in the sovereignty of God. I trust in God's goodness. It says, give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And now you might be going through a really horrible time. You might be going through just severe trauma. You may have been abused or neglected or rejected or abandoned or wounded or hurt or slandered. And all of those things are painful. All of those things are devastating. But be free of being tied to the person or the people who did that to you by forgiving for your sake. You know, it's for your sake so you can be free, so you're not bound to that person any longer. But you can only do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. This whole message today, the whole point of it is, we are incapable of doing this without being filled with the Holy Spirit. That is what the Spirit-filled life is. It helps us to do these things. It is a command, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So could you stand while we pray together? Thank you again to our guests that joined us. For those of you who are online, I'm so grateful for you. So grateful for what the Lord is doing in this place. 
in the people here. And right now, I do believe that the Lord is bringing transformation to people. Did anybody get anything out of this message today? Four of you, good. It's for you. Well, did anybody get convicted by the Holy Spirit? Did anybody feel condemned? Oh, these guys did. Well, yeah. (laughs) You don't even have a driver's license yet. (laughs) Sorry. So, Lord, we come before you, God. We thank you that you are good. Lord, we thank you that we can walk carefully. Lord, we can walk wisely. Lord, we thank you that... God, we can be alert and we can know what your will is. Lord, we thank you that we can be filled to overflowing. Lord, we can even leak out your Holy Spirit to people who are broken and hopeless and devastated and depressed and distressed the way that you did, Lord. God, we thank you, Lord, that... Jesus, we can make the most of every opportunity, Lord. We do live in evil times, Lord. This is an evil time, God, but we thank you that you are a God of hope and hope does not disappoint us. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we just ask that you would fill us, fill us to overflowing, fill us with your spirit. For those of you who have never been born again, um, Jesus says that if you're not born again, you cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. Um, you have to be born, he says, of his spirit. So if, if you have never been born again, you have never said yes to Jesus, you've never received the forgiveness that he offers on the cross, today's a day. This is this day. This day. And we're going to close our eyes again, and I'm going to ask you to raise your hand just between you and the Lord and me. I want to be able to acknowledge it. But if you want to be born again, you want to be filled with God's Spirit, you want to have a new life, you want to have hope, and you want to have purpose, because there's no such thing as a life without suffering. You're going to suffer either with the Lord or without the Lord. So choose life. Choose to suffer with the Lord because He is a God of hope. Okay, so we're going to close our eyes, if, everybody, if you wouldn't mind, just for the sake of privacy. And I just want to say, if you, have, if you want to be born again today, please raise your hand and I will acknowledge you. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Anybody else? Anybody else want to be? Amen. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. Best day of your life. Best decision you'll ever make. Anybody else? Yeah. Yes, amen, amen. Yeah, Lord, thank you for these that have said yes to you, Lord. Thank you for these who are about to embark on the greatest journey of their lives. Lord, I just pray, God, that you would show them, Lord, that you are a God of forgiveness, Lord, as they admit that they have fallen short of your glory, God, that they they would be able to embrace the forgiveness that you offered for them. And so, Father, we pray that you would just overwhelm them with your goodness, protect them, bless them, Lord, keep them. Let the light of your face shine on them, Lord. Be gracious to them. Look upon them with favor and give them peace. And we just thank you for their lives, Lord. We ask that you would lead and guide them. Open their eyes to the beautiful treasures found in the Bible. 
and just bless the rest of these people here today. Continue to speak to them and draw them to your heart. In the name of Jesus, amen. Can we just applaud the Lord for his goodness today? We bless you, Lord. Thank you. So next week, uh, we're going to have our pastor's brunch after second service. If you have never come to a pastor's brunch, even if you've been going here for 20 years, you're welcome. Please sign up today online or at the Connect Desk. God bless you. Thank you for those of you who joined us online. I'll see you guys next week. Love you so much.